What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I'm excited about today's episode because I haven't done um, this in a while, you know? I uh, haven't set up my phone connected to my laptop and the whole mic situation and doing a presentation styled episode on mobility because we left off about a month ago now so i apologize for taking this long um we left off of part three of how many parts i don't know but the 10 mobility exercises you should be doing uh last time we looked at the spine before that was the hip and today we're going to do the shoulder so one the shoulder is a very very delicate joint as well as a very mobile joint. Um, I've seen so many clients and patients over the years where they've literally destroyed their shoulders from doing stupid shit. Either they went to go grab something heavy and move it or throw it, and in the process, they felt something go in their shoulder, and usually it's some sort of like rotator cuff tear, um, either trauma by falling off of something or getting hit by someone like playing backyard hockey or whatever it is. Um, the shoulder takes on a lot of damage and there's not a lot of stuff muscular that protects it. So it's quite vulnerable. Um, and the other kind of side to it is a lot of people don't use their shoulders and they become very stiff. And then when they decide to use that shoulder, say in a gym setting or in an, you know, everyday life type of setting, um, it gets sore, it gets stiff. Um, you know, typically what I see is, you know, the person that sits at a desk all day, um, ends up going to, uh, the gym, they start pressing overhead or just pressing in general, because that's all they really know is, you know, bench press, bicep curls, uh, things that will kind of put those shoulders in vulnerable positions and make things worse. So shoulders tend to get a lot of attention in clinics and in kind of the rehab space when it comes to training, I would say it's probably the, one of the most common injuries as the lower back, which we kind of covered in previous episodes. So we're going to spend at least 30 minutes kind of looking over um, what to do. And, you know, I think a lot of times people with shoulder injuries, the biggest thing that our bodies do is puts us in a state of like, oh, I don't want to move it. And it, like your body literally will curl up and try not to move that shoulder. And then anything that comes towards, you know, you trying to grab something or use your shoulder, you almost like forget that it's injured. And then you get those sharp feelings of pain. And you're like, oh my God, now I can't like use it at all. Or in like, you know, your shoulder's already injured and you're like sleeping on it every night and you're like, holy crap, it's getting worse. Um, the biggest thing um, from a kin stretch perspective, and I, I kind of keep bouncing back and forth between um, what I would do for individuals when it comes to a kin stretch point of view and a gym point of view. And I'm trying to blend those two things together to 
kind of cover all bases. And this is what I've been kind of playing around with a lot because when I first started in the rehab space, I didn't really have um, a lot of the kin stretch uh, tools. Um, I kind of just scratched the surface and it came down to moving the joint itself. Um, I've said this millions of times on my podcast, a joint that doesn't move is not a healthy joint. If I only use 10% of my shoulder, then I'm only going to get 10% out of it. And when it comes to an injury, our nervous system is the emergency brake that keeps you safe. But if I can promote movement in a pain-free range of motion, it tells our nervous system that it doesn't have to be like this all the time, right? So a lot of the shoulders that I see, it's getting past that inflammation stage, constant reinforcement to the nervous system that um, things are moving and feeling better than they actually think. And then over time, you regain that range of motion. And a really good example lately is I've been working with an individual um, dealing with a rotator cuff um, tear to a point where they couldn't, you know, put a shirt on or tie their hair up and things like that. And I would say after three times, yeah, yeah, probably three times after seeing me, they were able to do it. And a lot of it is just a neurological lock that your body places to protect you. And that's not a bad thing, but over time it affects your day-to-day life. And I think once you get past that response of protection, that's where true magic comes. And I'm not saying that, you know, you doing the exercises I put in here after three times doing them, your shoulder's going to get, you know, back to normal because every time I have a new person come to me, I do a thorough assessment to figure out what I need to work on. I get messages all the time on Instagram, like, Hey, my shoulder hurts. What should I do? Like, you got to give me more than that. And I usually tell people step one, have you seen a physio, chiro, RMT, any sort of medical professional? And usually the answer is like, no, or they have been and nothing's working. So I need a lot more information. Like I need to see how your shoulder moves, first of all, before I can like give any question. And it's just interesting that a lot of people will come to me and be like, hey, my hip hurts. What can I do to make it better? It's like, that's like me asking you like, hey, I want to, I don't know, make a million dollars. How do I do that? Like, that's a very big question to answer. And then like, People can go into so many directions with it and I just need more information. So these exercises that we're going to go over are from a general sense of what I see that works. And maybe depending on what you're going through with your shoulder, these could be the things that make you worse, like straight up. Like I've seen that happen. Like I will get a very complicated case and all the stuff that I've always done has always worked. And then this person comes in front of me and I use all my tools in my toolbox and none of them work like that shit happens. And then you have to plan accordingly afterwards. But um, I think the biggest takeaway before we get into the exercises is shoulders get injured so easily. Take care of your shit by moving it and stop doing stupid shit in the gym. (laughs) I didn't even talk about that, but 
most of the time, this is actually funny, is like when people come to me with an injury and I do an audit of their workouts, right away I'm like, there's like six red flags in there that if you just eliminated them, guaranteed your shoulder would probably feel 20% better. Because for some odd reason, when it comes to exercise, everyone thinks they can do every single exercise out there without any kind of like prerequisite. The amount of people that come to me with shoulder pain and then I do an assessment on them and I'm like, you have no business pressing overhead. But for some reason, you decide to like grab dumbbells and do push presses that are not even up towards the ceiling. They're like in front of you like this. And you're like, yeah, I don't know why the front of my shoulder hurts. It's like your car has a flat tire and you're like, I don't know why my car is dragging or like going off to one side where the wheel is flat. And then you take it to a mechanic and they're like, just change the tire and everything will be good. <laughs> right. So exercise is very similar. Like if I don't have shoulders that can press overhead effectively, then I should not be pressing overhead. And I've done this with so many people where we take out overhead pressing and add something else in. They're like, Oh, my shoulders never felt better. That's all it is. Cause at the end of the day, you know, people for some reason are so married to like certain exercises and all they really need to do is find exercises that work the same muscle without making things worse. And if you really scale it back and start asking the right questions of like, why do you want to do this exercise? People can't give you a direct answer of why they want to overhead press other than like, oh, I like it because it's challenging. It's like, well, there is a lot of other exercises out there that are challenging that won't fuck up your shoulders, but that's a whole nother thing. So, um, screen share, let's do this thing. <sighs> Come on. It's like, I've never done this before. All right. Close that up. Let's get me a lot bigger. So the first thing I would say when it comes to a shoulder assessment is necessary. If you haven't had your shoulder assessed, then you kind of are shooting in the dark. Um, for me, I utilize the shoulder car not only for a rehab exercise, um, but a assessment tool. So clicking this guy, like we've gone over shoulder car. So this is a typical example of a shoulder going through all the ranges of motion that it's designed to. So if you can look, when I do this, Look at how my shoulder moves interdependently from everything else in my body. There is no compensation, but when I get someone to do this for the first time, their entire body decides that it needs to move in order for this to move, which is not what we want. So when I put someone through a shoulder car, I'm looking at what their compensation patterns are in certain like zones. So if I know um on this next rep as they're coming into shoulder flexion and say you know their elbow breaks or their wrist does something weird their fingers move then i know that 
in shoulder flexion when we come up there is some sort of compensation pattern and i need to work on that and then say as we go into abduction and start going into internal rotation where we're rotating at this point there's so many people's shoulders that will pop up like this in order to get into uh that internal and um extension piece right there so that gives me more clues constantly and this also will um, show me if there's any painful patterns. Like if I could find someone, um, I don't know, as they rotate in an abduction and they're like, oh yeah, this is hurting. Then now I can almost like pinpoint what muscle might be affecting um, that movement pattern. So the shoulder car is one of those things that I will work with um, with everyone, but it may look a little bit different. So saying that example that as I'm coming up and the person starts rotating here and they're like, yeah, I feel pain. Then where this hand is like behind me, as I'm trying to rotate in, I'm going to take two inches off to here. Actually, let's, so you guys can see. So if I'm, I feel pain as I rotate here, I'm going to tell the person, okay, well, if we know that this is a painful pattern, what happens if we go from this position here to here a little bit closer and then rotate, still hurts, then let's move it even closer, rotate, no pain, okay, can continue. So we almost create a buffer zone as you try to move through, I hit my hand, um, the whole range of motion. And then we find a movement pattern where, um, your shoulder doesn't present pain. And now we can work within the workspace because that's a very important term to understand is what is your workspace within your joint capsule, which allows you to use it in certain exercises and things like that. So we got to work with what we got and get you really, really, really good at it to improve the quality of the tissue that we're trying to influence. Now, um, as we do that, Say, and this is a general thing, most of the time people don't have enough abduction and external rotation of their shoulder actively to press overhead or do anything overhead. So after, um, maybe before I even go down that path, um, we're gonna look at the scapulas too. So we're going to look at scapular cars too, because in order for a shoulder to move properly, like, you know, your glenohumeral joint, your scapula in the back there needs to be able to move freely. So another thing that I see a lot, and I think, yeah, this would be a good way to jump in. Get this one. All right, so in here, every time I give this exercise to clients, they have no idea how to move like this. Number one, I tell people like, think about you drawing a circle with your shoulder blade. Most of the time, what's, it, what's, what's really interesting is I if I have them standing or seated, they can do this no problem. But the moment I put you on your hands and knees in a quadrupedal position, for some reason that fucks up your brain and you have no idea how to move your shoulder blade 
Um, what I typically see is compensation patterns. So a lot of times people will break at the elbow. They'll start leaning back and forth with their hip. They'll start like arching their lower back all because they have no idea how to do this motion here, circles, right? And I'm literally speaking to people saying in this online class that I filmed myself doing not to move through those hips, but big, 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 big circles like that. And then reversing it. A lot of times people have no idea how to do this. So if I use this as almost an assessment where um, one, I know you have pain in shoulder cars and that's like a standard of what a human being should do and you have no control over your scapulas, it, it's kind of like common sense that, you know, maybe if I work on those two things and clear those up, probably all the other shoulder stuff is going to fix itself. Like if I had a shoulder that could move and then I had shoulder blades that could move, then me going to the gym, pressing overhead is probably going to feel a lot better. So those are the two things that I would focus on first. Then we would also need to look at the shoulder as a stabilizer. And there's a few exercises that I tend to use a lot with clients when it comes to stabilizing and influencing the rotator cuff in general with kettlebells. So let's go find that. Okay, here we go. Now, when it comes to shoulder health, our shoulders like to stabilize. So in this exercise, I am doing a single arm pharmacare. So in order for my shoulders rotator cuff to kind of turn on and um, stabilize, me one gripping this guy as tight as possible is going to turn on all those little intrinsic muscles of our shoulder, which are the ones that we want to um, influence to get stronger. So if you tore your rotator cuff and you go to physio, the first thing that they do is give you positional isometrics. So if you were in that situation, they would have your arm by your side and they would like resist and hold, resist and hold, resist and hold, resist and hold to a point where you got up into abduction and external rotation, positional isometrics. A single arm farmer carrying is a positional um, isometric for the rotator cuff. So if I'm squeezing this as tight as possible, then I'm in a isometric position because I'm not moving my arm, I'm just down here. And usually for most shoulder people, having your arm by your side like this is not a painful position. If it is, then we have a lot of work to do. Now, the other thing that you may not see in this, the kettlebell is not touching my leg as I'm walking. So the moment I push it out a little bit into abduction, and also sometimes what I'll do um, is rotate um, externally a little bit, and you can kind of see it like it's not perfectly straight. It's out a little bit just like this to get all the rotator cuff muscles um, activated. So once I get people doing this, this kind of makes them feel like, okay, my shoulder feels 
okay in this position that's getting stronger and things like that. And it also kind of gives confidence because another um, thing that most people don't talk about when it comes to coming off an injury is a mental piece to it. Like I've seen so many times where I've had people come in for kin stretch and they've been to physio, chiro, massage, injection this, injection that, and nothing seems to work. And then they come to me and I do their first kin stretch session. And then when I follow up with them, I'm like, how did it go? Did anything feel worse? Like, give me some like idea of how you're feeling. And every single one of them are like, oh my God, seeing huge improvements. Like when I do this thing, it doesn't hurt anymore. And like, honestly, this is like the best thing ever. And I'm like, you know, I would like to think I am that good. You know, that after one session, you feel amazing, like your shoulder, your hip, your low back is like basically back to normal. But it's more of a mental piece where if I had someone struggling with pain for three months, six months, two years, five years, whatever it is, and they come see somebody and they do kin stretch movement, whatever it is, and they didn't get a flare up because usually when you're dealing with chronic pain, things will flare it up pretty quickly and easily. And they do something like this with me where for the first time it didn't make them hurt more. They actually felt good. Their whole mindset shifts and they're like, my shoulder, wrist, elbow, hip, knee, whatever hurts is feeling better. This, this is the magic thing. And then their mindset has shifted in that direction. And they're actually going to see success a lot faster because our brains have a huge influence on our success and everything we do in life, especially when it comes to pain. But that's another um, thing that we don't have time to get into. But um, the other kettlebell exercise I really want to get into um, is the arm bar. Um, obviously I need a new video for just the arm bar, but we're going to look at this. So the kettlebell arm bar is similar to the Turkish getup, but we roll over on our side and we literally just chill here. So I'm going to pause it here because there's an added thing and we can also talk about that too. So in this position, because my eyes are not looking at the kettlebell, I don't know where it is in space and time. So I'm literally stabilizing so it doesn't fall this way or fall this way or wherever it's going to go. And I'm trying to suck my shoulder into position and I'm just like, squeezing because the moment I squeeze it kind of sends a signal to all the shoulder stuff to be like okay we have a weight we need to stabilize it don't let it fall to make things worse and in this position what I really really like about it too is it promotes breathing so in this video I'm gonna start pressing play and don't worry about what I do with my hand you'll notice that I'll start breathing quite a bit here and with the diaphragm, it has a huge influence on how we perceive pain, tension, things like that. So we're stimulating one of your cranial nerves called your vagus nerve. And I've spoken about this before. And if I have an injured shoulder and I am trying to do a shoulder thing, it would be in my best interest to promote 
a stress-free environment. So by me breathing through my diaphragm, stimulating my vagus nerve that's responsible for de-stressing me, it's almost a, an ability to magnify the benefit of the shoulder exercise that I'm trying to do. And the arm bar is one of those exercises that just works so well on teaching the shoulder to stabilize in a pain-free range of motion. Now, the other thing I will bring up sometimes <laughs> I'm working with people with two really bad shoulders and this position here is not the best for their shoulder because every, anything in flexion is bugging them. So sometimes I'll just get them to do this to like support their neck. <laughs> but um, the other thing that shoulders really, really, really like is rotation in their um, joints. So we call those axial rotations. I can hear my dog like barking. One sec. I'm going to maybe bring her in here. Come on, guys. Come in here. No more barking. There you go. Good girl. Just want some attention, huh? There you go. See, we're, we're real here. Misty, now you got to be a good girl, okay? Daddy's doing his uh, podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so axial rotations, great for the capsule. So to me, it's like no shocker that if I combine an arm bar like this and throw in axial rotations that I'm doing right now, and like look how hard I'm fighting for this. Right, that's huge when it comes to shoulder shoulder stabilization. Like, so good. Um, so any exercise that promotes axial rotations are going to be huge for building better shoulders. Now, the other thing I wanted to get into because we kind of started talking about positional isometrics. So, um, one thing. Good girl, Misty. She's just like laying down and sleeping now. Uh, da, 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 da. Actually, here's another one too. Something really, really simple is literally just straight arm into abduction axial rotations, just going back and forth. Like easy. Shoulders love this. Trying to think of how many exercises we've gone through already. So much external rotation. Sorry, guys. Here we go. This is exactly what I was looking for. So, in kin stretch terms, Whenever I have someone that's limited in a certain range of motion and is even painful in it, then I want to make them as strong as possible pain-free in that position. So most shoulders lack abduction with external rotation. So what I would do is try to get that person in that position. So in this case, what I'm doing is I'm going into shoulder abduction in external rotation with this dowel. So the dowel, the more I rotate it, it'll put me into more external rotation. 
And what we would do is hold this for two minutes. I'm not going to go into the whole science of why we're holding it for two minutes. I've said this multiple times on my podcast. So um, if you have questions, just feel free to reach out. But after we hold this, we're going to do positional isometrics, AKA pails and rails. So now pushing into the hand, my hand into the dowel. And again, it's not going anywhere because it's pinned down to the ground. After the contraction, I'm going to try to get a little bit more into the new acquired range. And then I'm going to do a rails contraction where I'm going to try to get this hand off of the dowel as hard as possible. So now we're doing um, both sides of the joint to get more external rotation. So one, we're kind of tapping into our nervous system. Two, we're also influencing the tissue that needs work that will eventually improve over time. The big thing here, the big takeaway is that the moment I do something like this, then I want to um, kind of reinforce in the nervous system that that's my new normal. So something that I would do after this is just working on that um, position and movement that I just did. And if I can find it here. So something simple like this, literally the same position. I think this is like literally the same time when I filmed this, but I'm literally just putting my both of my arms into abduction, abduction and going into active external rotation and just influencing all those tissues out of your rotator cuff to move and make it your new normal. So if I had to kind of create a little shoulder program. And maybe what I'll do is stop the screen share and it's just me. Because um, we did shoulder cars, we did scapular cars. Um, what did we do after that? Um, farmer carry, single arm, we did arm bar, we did axial rotations, we did just body weight axial rotations, we did the pails and rails um, for shoulder external rotation with abduction and then prone lift off. So eight exercises, but, um, I think you have a lot to work with. So if I were to kind of put this into a program, shoulder specific warm up, recovery day, whatever it is, I would do shoulder cars as my kind of before my my assessment to see how it feels. And then I would do the half kneeling, um, what's it called? The half kneeling um, external rotation pails and rails, the prone external rotation um, liftoffs. I would throw in the scapular cars and then I would do like one of the kettlebell exercises, like those three things and then go back to the shoulder car to see how it feels to see if I change anything, then rinse and repeat. If someone was feeling good with those things with their shoulder and there's no pain, no nothing, like, and they feel better and their workouts feel better and their life feels better, then I would tell that person to do this every single day, multiple times a day. And literally in a month or two, you would see huge improvements. The only issue is that people don't take the time to do that. Um, I'm going to end it there because I feel like I kind of went over time of what I wanted to do, but 
um, that gives you a lot of ideas. If your shoulder hurts with any of these, highly recommend that you don't do them and go find a good therapist to help that shoulder. If you have any more questions on shoulder stuff, feel free to reach out. I have a lot of experience when it comes to hurt, hurt shoulders and painful shoulders and you name it. But uh, that's it for me, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel. We're almost at 500 uh, subscribers, which is huge. I think we're at 462. Like it, we've been growing quite uh, fast. And, you know, if you're already subscribed, like comment on one of my videos, like it. So then I can get pushed up in that YouTube algorithm so people can find me because I post a lot of good info. And uh, till next time, you guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.